Welcome to the IT Teachers Summer Mini-Series, where Alicia and Haley share their knowledge of integrating technology into the classroom. With over 30 years of combined experience, the IT Teachers keep you up to date with the latest trends, share their experiences, and offer insight to help educators like you redefine your teaching to maximize student learning. Welcome to the IT Teachers Podcast, where we put the A in tech. I'm Alicia. And I'm Haley. And today we're going to talk about some ways to ease into the 2022-2023 school year. Oh my goodness. Did you just say 23? 23. It's happening. Go Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yep, yep. Um, so we are going to talk about how to um, get ready for this school year by reflecting and setting some goals, whether it be personal goals that you have been really wanting to get to this year or in the past few years, but because of everything that's been going on and just kind of wanting to survive, yeah, um, yeah. you just haven't gotten to them. Um, or maybe some goals that you might hope to set for your students. Um, just, you know, I think, Haley, when you said, you know, we're going to talk to you about easing into the school year, I think that's interesting because I just, we were just talking about how we got to hit the ground running and, you know, and really get a handle on our kids this year. And um, and I think there has to be that balance between ease and also really getting a grip on who your students are, what they're capable of, where they're at on their, you know, as far as their um, grade level achievement um progress right and uh and i think you know whether you're a newer teacher or a veteran teacher i think it's so important that you do reflect obviously and set goals moving forward on you know what do we what needs to happen this year what do your students need and what do you need as a teacher what do you want to see happening in your classroom you know um i just attended last week the um well haley was in italy um, I was Buongiorno. a t- <laughs> she, she had the, the trip of a lifetime and, you know, I lived vicariously through her photos, but, uh, <laughs> while she was there, I was, um, 10, 10 to five on the reading and writing, um, project out of Columbia university with the, with the teacher's college. And, uh, it was, it was so, so refreshing to hear, you know, to hear these, these English teacher gurus talk about uh, the importance of holding a book in your hand, mm. having a reader and writer notebook, um, getting your students to really dive into the inquiry-based learning. And it was just like, you know, it was really actually um, kind of charged up my battery, you know, um, for for, uh, for September and, and what I want to do in my own personal classroom. And then I was also thinking about my technology and how I want to balance that out and how I want to use the technology really really meaningfully um, and, you know, really use the, uh, use my Google Classroom to enhance my learning um, or transform my learning, but, but, but mindfully and really strategically this year. Right. Yes. Because you're, we can now truly blend this learning. We're not, you know, um, forced to only use digital tools. So it's Mm -hmm. going, it's going to be uh, an adjustment and a change for the students and for us, but, um, hopefully you know in a positive way so like you just said alicia now we can reflect on how things went and kind of move forward using um what we learned over the last few years worked or didn't work with our students to make the next few years better 
Yeah, I think I think really, you know, picking and choosing, taking what's work what worked, uh, your successes, your failures, reflecting on that, and and moving forward. And um, you know, I I just think personally, I know for me as a teacher, I. I already know there's going to be there's going to be an achievement gap, um, you know, coming off of this pandemic. Um, there are going to be holes for students, depending on on whatever the case may be. My you know my um, my student rosters. There's going to be students that I want to make sure that right away I look at whatever data I can I can get my hands on, and whatever not just data but just looking at your student body and looking at your students and getting to know them as soon as you possibly can, um, setting goals for them, engaging them, you know, working them to, to, uh, to achieve. Yes. And, um, no matter what, no matter what you are doing with your goals or your goals for your students, um, the most important thing is that you're organized with them. And Mm -hmm. of course we suggest using Google, uh, to do that. And so you can use Google Forms. You can create a template for yourself that you can just keep um, updating the form periodically throughout the year. And of course, that will automatically uh, create or enter data into a spreadsheet for you where it's easy for you to look at. So um, consider setting up now, you know, before you get going, yeah. how you want to organize your data. Maybe you do have one. Um, spreadsheet or two different forms that go to the same spreadsheet and one's for student data and one's for your own data. So you have everything all there in one place. And just try to think about um, what typically you look for when you're looking for student growth. And we all have to set our student learning objectives, but and we don't necessarily at this point in August know (laughs) what those are going to be for our students, but we do know the basics, like you're going to give a benchmark test and right, right. you're going to do a first marking period, second marking period, third mark. So right. think about those steps that you're always going to take mm-hmm. and try to set up, you know, your forms right. now or at least come up, come up with a plan for how you're going, going to organize those things. Are you going to use um, Google Spreadsheets or are you, do you feel more comfortable in Google Docs? I personally keep a lot of my data in Google Docs. Yeah. Um, and I just make a table in there because it's easier for me to look at than a spreadsheet. But a, plenty of people love to use spreadsheets because it's easier to find things in there or it's easier to categorize or, yeah. you know. So however you're going to do it, just think about the organization and that will take a load off when you're, you know, sitting down with your uh, <laughs> administrator in a meeting and yeah. you know where everything is and you just feel organized and ready to go in there and, and yeah. show off that data. Yeah, and so... You know, I think it's important to to think about when you're planning for the year. Um, you know, you you do you have probably you know over the last couple of years dabbled in a, in a lot of different um, applications and websites and different technology tools. So I think it's important to really um, think about what you're using if your district has approved the use of of whatever it is that you're using, and you know um, you want to. Keep in mind your, you know, your student data privacy from any third parties and whatnot, um, and plan out strategically how you're going to use your technology if you're using technology for a particular lesson, um, and be sure that that technology that you're using is appropriate, um, 
acceptable and it enhances the lesson. So, you know, does it substitute for something? Is is the technology acting as like a direct substitute um, for the paper? Um, right. So are you, is it just taking the place of the paper? Could it be done on paper? You know, if there's an activity that could be done on paper, it might be easier. Easier for the students. Sometimes students really want to do things with their hands. Yeah. Um, and maybe that you have an activity that can either be done digitally or, uh, what do we say, analog or on paper, <laughs> what, you know. And giving students that choice is, is really important. And, if, again, if you have students who feel more comfortable on the computer and it's not going to be taking away from their learning, let them – let them do it on the computer. And if they want to do it on paper, let them do it on paper. Right. Um, but be aware that... You know, it should enhance the lesson. So, you know, and think about that. Is it is it a substitution? Um, is it is it like changing the lesson? Is it modifying the lesson in some way? Is it transforming the lesson? Is it enhancing the lesson? You know, again, kind of with that idea of enhancing. But... Or is it redefining the lesson? So, you know, depending on what the base lesson is, what's the purpose, what's the, um, you know, what's the standard that you are teaching, what's the, what's the goal? And then, and then think about, okay, what did I do? The, what did I do in the past? And how did it, how did it work? Did the kids really benefit from this? Um, and think about your, your use of technology there. Absolutely. So I think that's important. Um, and again, really making sure that, you know, the last couple of years, a lot of school districts let things slide with um, what programs they were using. They, a lot of these companies were throwing out a lot of free freebies or, you know, freemiums. And it's really important that we kind of make sure we're doing exactly what we need to do to protect our students' privacy. Yeah. Um, and work with your district technology department. And a lot of times they'll do the research for you if you just say, hey, you know, I was thinking about using this program. And they'll go, they'll assign somebody to it and come back to you and say yes or yes or no. And if yeah. they say no, you really can't use it um, with your students. But you can still use a lot of those programs and platforms to get ideas or, you know, take some lessons from or whatever Motivate yourself, you want to like, do. Right. But you just cannot give your students information away. Yeah. You, you have to be super careful. But the nice thing is, is that most um, school districts now have that technology help desk and you just right. email them yep. about anything, literally anything. They are the most helpful people on the planet. Yes. Make friends with your tech people, people. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, you, you want to keep your kids, you know, information private and you, you can't just sign them up for anything you know and i think that's important because i think during the pandemic everybody was always like oh let's use this let's use this you know um and 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 just allowing anything to get into your google classroom even you know it gives away that information so you don't want to just sign up for anything there's a lot of great tools out there and you know and even Haley and i were talking about earlier um a few new tools that that can kind of tap into your google classroom um in terms of data and then we talked to each other we're like what is this really doing for us that we couldn't do on our own? You know, if if right. you know a kid is not completing the the assignment, you know, you can go through and you can see. However, uh, share with them what we just noticed about. Um, well, I did just sign up for something on um, Google in their applied technology programs. You can create a Google Classroom from there, right from there, and then they give the applied digital skills um, lessons you can add to that classroom. And then 
it will it gives you a breakdown of the percentage of students who have completed the lesson and it also gives you in the snowman drop down it gives you the option to remove the lesson or to um finalize final it. finish the lesson i think it asks yeah. and then you the kids won't see it anymore so this would el- eliminate any of that oh i did it or i handed it in late oh. or i clicked i clicked turn in but it didn't click or whatever you could just say you know i'm turning it off at 12 o'clock tonight and that's that and it's really gone yeah um, i mean i <laughs> personally i think that's a game changer i mean it's not lingering out there and, and they don't have the ability because even when i return something they're still returning it to me again and i'm like nope send you know Send them back. Right. And I think, you know, uh, it's important. It depends on your philosophy of teaching and student makeup work and how much time you give students. And, you know, are you are you really um, mastery based learning or are you making sure students are just complying with you? But there's a lot of times that I'll post a quiz or something on Google Classroom and I don't necessarily want students to be doing it the next day or the next whatever if. Well, if, if I'm not a, there. And, and if it's a form, it's nice because right. you could close, you could stop it, right. you know. But, right. but the actual Google Classroom uh, assignments, you know, there is a finish finish button, I guess. Well, now, on so. some of them, yeah. So yeah. check that out. If uh, I'm not sure if your district is using um, that particular Google Classroom setup, but there might be a new feature for you. And the other cool feature that we noticed on, um, on the forms um, a new font at the top. You can see the palette and then you can change some of the fonts in your questions on your forms and stuff like that because it was pretty limited It was before, you know. Yes, but now you can really personalize those Google Forms. Yeah, personalize them up. Um, and just another reminder to collaborate with your grade level partners and your department members. And if you're uh, an island, I think they're called, you know, if you're that one tech teacher who is the only person who teaches um, digital marketing or if you're the only tech, t- uh, the only keyboard teacher or you're the yeah. only art teacher who teaches ceramics, you can still collaborate with similar the staff in our yeah. building, in your buildings to get a grip on what the students know and are able to do and help help yourself um alleviate some stress and set some goals for yourself just to collaborate with people and and say hey you know are sophomore kids uh knowledgeable about the renaissance because i want to teach them this song by you know beethoven and if they don't know about you know where all this started then maybe they won't understand this the new system whatever it is yeah so talk to each other about What's going on with your students? Yeah, you know, I want to say something, Haley. Um, I was in a district and, I mean, there must have been, you know, 150 teachers there, you know, maybe more. I don't know. And there were so many teachers that were on an island almost by themselves. They felt very, and when we would have, very alone. And so when we would have our PD days or something and I would talk to them, oh, yeah, I don't even know. You know, it's like. I was a new teacher, and I um, I would email. I would look up on PowerSchool the different uh, teachers at the high school that the kid has, and I would say, hey, is this kid late to your class? Boom, 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 boom. I would get, you know, emails right back. Yes, every day, or he wasn't there today. It's, it's amazing, and it only takes two seconds. Just look up on PowerSchool, uh, or depending on if you're on a team in middle. A lot of times on, in middle school, you're on a team, or you have – uh, more a little bit more collab- collaboration you see the teachers a little bit more I don't know I shouldn't make assumptions I guess about anything but um, but if you're at a high school you know connect take a look at take a look at the kids quick look up you know on power school and um, and check out 
check out uh, their their track record there and stuff like that. If you have any questions or reach out to the parent, you know, hey, Johnny's been, uh, you know, in the bathroom the past few days. Is there an issue? You know, and just very, very innocently make that contact, collaborate, whether it's with parents, teachers, admin, you know, take a look and dig deep and, and do it fast right into the year because the year is going to start and you're going to hit the ground running and before you know it, you blink and it's Halloween. Oh, I hope. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but honestly, for it, it will make a huge difference yeah. in, in everything you do and in setting your own goals and reflecting and thinking about that vertical alignment. Talk to the freshman teachers. Um, if you're yeah. a, a sophomore teacher, talk to the freshman teachers. What did they learn last year? How, how are they doing? Not individual students necessarily, especially because it's August and you don't really know who your kids are yet. Yeah. And also you might not want to have a preconceived notions of any of your students, but yeah. as a whole group, you know, what did you get through last year with grammar? Yeah. Should they, should I go over nouns or are they on to prepositional <laughs> phrases? Like what's going on here? Yeah. Give, give yourself a kind of groundwork for where your students should be um, and then talk to the next group so if you're teaching the sophomores like I said ask the junior teachers what are you going to be doing you know in September with your students this year because I want to make sure that in June they're ready to be with you next year so really planning that vertical alignment and talking to your fellow teachers yeah, you know how many times you sit in a department meeting and you don't even really talk about that? You know, how easy, if you're in a math department meeting and you didn't cover, uh, you know, triangles or, you know, or obtuse something, you know, well, we didn't get to that because we got cut off with the SATs or whatever, you know, maybe just mention that, um, those little pieces and, and uh, you know, kind of where you left off so that the that the new teachers can pick pick up and have that vertical alignment. It is It's so key. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm a little stressed about the gaps and I, I am stressed about this. I don't know what you would call it. The pandemic achievement gap that I believe is, I don't know if it's my own theory, but, um, <laughs> cause well, Haley doesn't seem to be as worried about it as me. But. I think, I think the kids will be all right. I think, um, <laughs> they'll be all right. Uh, honestly. And I, and we were talking about this, Alicia and I, about, you know, well, just look at their standardized tests, or if there are four on the SBAC, or if they're if they got this on the CAP test, or if they, you know, if they scored this on their next gen science test. But we we have to be very careful with how we are grouping students, or when we're just looking back at what they did over the last couple of years, because we're not we we just have to make sure that we're again, it's their data and it's following them, but. We don't want to have these preconceived notions of what the students are able to do because we want to be able to um, kind of get a good feel for what they should be able to do and then look at what they're actually doing in our classrooms, not just how they performed on that one test three or four months ago. Right. Well, I, so two two points that I want to bring up. So last week um, at the uh, at the conference, uh, we talked about a couple things. One thing uh, that was interesting was we talked about the correlation between print textbooks, you know, having having books in your hand, having uh, novels in your hand versus digital um, digital books, and the correlation with with college ready students. And so, you know, for me, um, I know last year I really didn't, I didn't want to hand out books because I didn't want to collect them. And I, I was very, I was anxious about the pandemic and whatnot. So, um, you know, it, it, it really struck me on 
the digital versus the paper. And so I, I just had that in my mind. So that was one thing. And so how many kids have not had a book in their hand? How many kids are listening to the audio, which is, which is great, but you know, everything has to be, be in, in balance and we need to work on that note taking. Um, and there, and again, I don't have all the answers here. The other, um, the other piece that, that worries me is how many students may not be reading over the summer um, and possibly dropped a level uh, or dropped a, to some degree in their, in their reading level. So that, those pieces worry me um, coming in, and that's why I think it's really important to get to know your students as soon as possible and, um, and figure out who they are so that you can kind of um, fill in yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? There's always that summer brain fog when they come back to school. And we kind of count on that as our benchmark test when we're like, oh, you know, they're probably not going to do that hot huh, in the first one. But like, right, right. you know, we say they're dropping a level, but can a kid really lose their knowledge? I mean, no, they're not going to. They still are able to read at whatever level they were able to read at. Well, that that's the interesting thing is that they had mentioned um, give them the last book they read, say if you're doing some kind of, you know, workshop model, the last book that they read, have them reread it in September, boom, they're right there. Yeah, they're, they're not going to, you know, if they left off at a fourth grade level when they hit fifth grade, they're not going to be back to second grade <laughs> and forgetting how right. to read. That's, yeah, I yeah. think that's a little bit of nonsense there to be to be truthful that they're going to lose yeah. a whole grade. They they might be well. I think a whatever. reading level, not like a whole grade level. It I'm was not just a like reading level. No, no. You I know, don't think they could lose that. Like if you're in the A to Z for the whole year, you know, you might go down from a C to a B, you know, or whatever. I don't know what. How could you lose it? You might be a little rusty. It's like you know you haven't done long division for a while, but you can still do it. I don't know. It got me stressing out. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm don't reading. be stressed out. These kids are going to be fine. I'm reading the Magic Treehouse series with my, my kindergarten. She's going to be in first grade and, and I'm like stressing out. I'm like, we got to get the books on the list for the summer reading the governor's challenge and this and that. And, you know, and so we're reading the and I'm making her do these book talks on here now. Listen, they're not going to lose their ability to read at the level they were reading at before <laughs> They're not going to drop down to back to, you know, regressing to nursery school and finger painting if they were like eighth grade reading level. So don't worry so much about that. Really worry about getting your kids, figuring out, again, if you're vertically aligning, don't be worrying about what reading level they're on according to some test. And it's important that you... Have your students in front of you and you're doing the work and you know where they should be for your curriculum before and after and you keep going. Okay. Yes, we have to give those standardized tests, but we have to also make sure that we're not relying too heavily on, even though we are technology, you know, gurus over here, that we're not just taking for granted whatever the computers are telling us. Right, right. Because our students sometimes don't take those tests with as much integrity as they maybe should. Right. But if your student is in front of you able to um, comprehend and analyze a text and the test they took a couple weeks ago on the on the computer says otherwise, who are you going to believe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so make sure that whatever you're giving your students is is accurate and is, and is assessing what you want to assess mm-hmm. and that they're moving at the pace that they should be and you're going to be okay. Thank you.
Let's get ready for the new school year. Listen to the IT Teachers Podcast on Apple or Podbean. And also on Spotify or your favorite podcast player. The IT teachers are educators who want to share their knowledge of how to mindfully integrate technology into your 21st century classroom. Listen to the conversation as Alicia and Haley discuss technology successes within their classrooms and chat with other professionals who offer sound advice for supporting your classroom needs. Visit our website at www.theitteachers.com and join our PLN or sign up to be a guest on our show. We'd love to hear from you. you're moving into the new school year a couple more things for you to take into consideration um, to get yourself ready to go might be um, taking a google for education refresher course or checking out the google for education teacher center Um, both of these things are easily accessible and we're going to have some links in our write-up for this episode you Um, can you can link right up so go right to our episode we always put the notes not to cut you off Haley. sorry uh, we always put the notes right in our in our episode uh, write ups, so our links are there. And just to also, you know, uh, interject, we have some really great episodes that focus on um, things that might be helpful for the beginning of the year. Like I think it was episode number four from our last season. We had um, Christian, and she was uh, talking about a lot of. Uh, classroom management solutions and SEL um, ideas and things like that. So I just wanted to just throw that in in the middle of Haley's sentence. (laughs) All right. So the Google Classroom um, Teacher Center, excuse me, the Google for Education Teacher Center, if you click that link in our uh, write-up for this podcast, you'll see a bunch of different things that you can take just a few – lessons to revitalize your memory of how to do these different things. Um, Some of them are uh, a Google Classroom course, a fundamentals training where you learn just like the basic Google tools, but also um, focusing on rethinking and retooling the Google workspace for education and how to maximize your teaching impact. Um, There's advanced training for those of you who are like, I'm totally ready to go. I just want a little more we call you rock stars uh, yeah uh there's google google chromebook training so if you're new to a district perhaps that hasn't used a chromebook before um and your students are going to be using chromebooks there's a google chromebook training there's the certified trainer course uh there's certified coach curriculum i mean there's just a ton of different stuff on here oh there's digital citizenship and safety course um Tools for diverse learners, support for English language learners, like we talked about yeah, last yeah. last uh, episode with Femi, Femi yeah. and uh, distance learning for educators, as well as inspiring creativity through learner engagement. All of those things are if you click that link in the teacher center, um, and they will bring you to a bunch of different things that will get you get you going here. Your creative and, technology juices flowing. And my my. Um goal setting juices are flowing because basically, you know, you can take all of that and plug it into your, um, you know, whatever you guys call it. We used to call them, um, SLOs and, and just for the whole year, here's your train, here's what you're going to do. Technology. I'm going to be a Google certified educator level one. That's my focus. I'm going to take these courses and you can roll the whole thing out there for, especially for some of you better, for some of us veteran teachers, um, that want to want something a little bit new, um, 
get your feet wet, um, get into the Google suite for right. education. Yeah, absolutely. And there's um, also going to be the link in our write-up where it says Google for education, just the refresher courses. Those will take you through uh, um, getting familiar with Google tools for the digital classroom, creating responsible citizens, thinking beyond the textbook, uh, and they take you through these different lessons that get you ready for that that certification test, which why not become a Google certified teacher uh, if you have the time and you want to do it? It's, I think, $10. And yeah. You, I want to just say one thing, too. Like, when we took the Google for Education um, courses, um, certification courses and everything, it we did it in one night, you know, we we um, we took the test and whatnot. And the test itself, even, was really eye-opening because there were so many little things that they would... Um, they would ask and they would highlight that I didn't even know about or, you know, I, I was familiar with or Google Maps or some of these different um, sort of just almost like sciencey things that I would really want to use in a science classroom right. that I wasn't as familiar with because I, I'm, um, I, I had forgotten about it or um, I'm just not using it because I'm, I'm teaching English right. all the time. Um, but, you know, taking these courses are going to kind of like pop your brain into some different directions, which is kind of neat and motivate you and highlight it. You're going to be writing down some notes and saying, oh, let me check this out so I could bring this into my classroom. So some really cool ideas can uh, really spark from from taking those courses. So check it out. And even if you have in the past been a Google certified educator, uh, they change things all the time, which yeah. you know. So you have to get certified like every year. Every you know? couple of years, yeah. yeah. So think about re-upping or or at least just taking those lessons if you're yeah. not interested in earning that badge i mean just doing that fundamentals training and who's our guy for that john Sowash. john Sowash. he is the, the the best he's got a bunch of different youtube things that you can watch and um they helped us get through some of our courses so yeah uh really shout helpful. out to john we're gonna leave yeah, a link thank in, you, our, john. in our write-up for you too john um and he'll even tell you in a few of those that he takes them over and over again himself, even though he could probably do them with his eyes closed. But things change all the time. So even He's if, constantly updating his yeah. videos and everything. And But Google's constantly updating. So yeah. remember that. Um, Life is updating. Yes. So keep yourself fresh. Uh, take, fresh. take a couple refresher courses. Check out, Definitely check out that teacher center um, on Google for Education. And also check out Google's Back to School 22... 2022 uh, to find some new ideas. They have a bunch of new ideas on there. You can click it and it will walk you through like um, tutorial style, how to do some different things in your classroom using their tools. Easy peasy stuff that's not going to, you know, require you to download an extension or get new applications or anything. It's all just the Google apps that are pretty much standard. Um, Google also has some really cool templates. For instance, there's one which we're going to link in our write-up here um, that will introduce families to the applications that you're going to be using in your classroom that year. So, you know, a lot of times if you're in the upper grades, you know, high school grades, those parents are pretty familiar already with Google by the time the kids get to ninth grade. But um, especially if you're an elementary school teacher, think about those everyday uh, tech 
tools that you're going to be using in your particular classroom and just give a shout out to the families really early on to let them know so that they can become familiar with those platforms too because sometimes the little ones need a little bit of of guidance if they're home trying to do their homework or something and it also will allow for the parents to know kind of like what your setup's going to look like what you're expecting from them digitally as well as it will give them time to ask questions before the night before a project is due if they don't understand one of the platforms Um, and that is all linked on our write-up as well so i guess if we could leave you with one final thought you know it would be to make sure that you use technology to blend the learning in your classroom you know remember that technology is a great way to enhance the learning but should never take the focus away from your content you know learning first liz kolb so haley you got mail. We did get mail. We you had got some. Mail. We did get mail. <laughs> we got some mail from, um, you know, in response to our last episode, we had um, two reading specialists on and an ELL specialist, and um, you know, we we had gotten some positive feedback. Um, I think through Facebook, we we had posted our show in yes. a, a couple of a Google Classroom of teachers and stuff so we got someone from south dakota yes well yes um megan from south dakota she was asking us actually um she uses google forms for quizzes and stuff for her students and surveys but she was wondering how you know how else we might be able to use it um and we were talking tonight and saying oh well we could just fit this right into our discussions because we're talking about data so um, Megan, thank you for reaching out to us. Um, and we did talk a little bit earlier about gathering student information and data, but you can also gather, you know, beginning of the school year information for parent, yeah. parent contact, um, <clears throat> student information, you know, send them, use a Google form to give them a survey about themselves and what they're interested in and then you know see who you have in your classroom that maybe there's like three kids in there that take drama or mm-hmm. you have five kids on the soccer team so they're gonna be leaving early every day from your seventh period class or mm-hmm. like just I've anything used- that you know could help you and your students to feel more comfortable in the beginning of the year yeah i've used the google form actually for um uh i took a techno- technology inventory uh, and they were able to kind of check off because it's just easier to kind of, um, you know, streamline the information. I had them kind of check off what what they wanted. And I told them every week <clears throat> we will, uh, you know, basically we'll, I'll, I'll cover something with you, just something extra. What ex- what what do you want to know how to do? And I gave them some specific options, you know. Um, That's cool. Also, um, I used it for course selection. So when they had to choose their courses, I would have them just so that I had it in one place before we went to put it on the on paper. Perfect. Um, and uh, you can use forms to to gather your students' benchmark data information. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's going to populate a spreadsheet for you automatically. And from that spreadsheet, I mean, you can do so many things with Google Sheets. You can create uh pie charts or bar graphs or anything that you know it will take all that information and whatever specific information you want and spit it out and spit it out and however you want in it a pretty to form yeah you know my, my department head used to always call alicia where's your pretty dad <laughs> and you can also use google forms to track your student learning data as well as uh your own goals that you've set for yourself through the course of the year it's just so much easier if you have a form set up 
and you um, emailed, say your goal was to email home three times a week. You have a form set up. You got it bookmarked in the top of your your um, favorite bar. Favorite bar there. And you can just click on there and say, I emailed home three parents this week. And that's going to populate into the spreadsheet. And you'll have all that information aggregated for you. Um, it's just going to make your life so much easier. So again, if you're organized and using Google Forms to look at your data, whatever it is, um, gather student information at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. use it first, you know, benchmark data. Meg, in South Dakota, you're going to be all set with those Google Forms. You're going to be a rock star, a Google <laughs> Form let us know fanatic. if you need any, any help with any of that, please. Yeah. And if anyone else is listening and has a question or want some ideas, please let us know. We'll be happy to give you a shout out too. All right, and that's a wrap. Three out of four episodes for the summer. We'll uh, see you in about a week and a half. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to us today, and we are the IT teachers. We put the A in tech. Yes. So go teach. Thank you for listening (laughs) to the IT teachers summer mini series. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.vitteachers.com to make your classroom awesome. Send us a message and join our PLN. This episode is produced by the IT Teachers. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast player. Our theme song is by Infraction.